My name is Terrell Stafford, and you're listening to Behind the Note by Chris Davis. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Oh, yeah. You've done it again. You've done it again. You've done it one more time. You press play on Behind the Note Podcast. Thank you so much. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show. We have a great episode for you today. Today's guest is a rock and roll legend. And because of that, there was cursing in the episode. However, don't worry. I cut it out so you won't actually hear a single curse word. You're going to get the point, though. So let me introduce today's guest. We didn't have a lot of time. I met him in Chicago when he was here. Uh, putting on his his uh, own play that he wrote called A Rock and Roll Christmas Tale. Today's guest is a veteran of music. He made a name for himself as the lead singer in the Twisted Sister metal band in the late 1970s. And since then, he has reinvented himself time and time again through a career in Broadway as a radio host and as a voiceover artist. And I actually came to know about him through his time on Donald Trump's Celebrity Apprentice Season 5. I am so happy to present to you today, Mr. D. Snyder. Thank you, D., so much for joining us on the show today. We're so glad to have you. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. What did you do leading up to your Twisted Sister experience that prepared you for your role in that band? You know, uh, that's a good question. Um, I was in many other bands. I I decided about the age of nine that I would be a rock star and started, you know, playing in various amateur bands along the way. But I I had a realization that, um, you know, you have to be prepared for opportunities when they arise. You know, people say, oh, he was lucky, she was lucky. Uh, Tony Robbins famously says, there's no such thing as luck. It's preparation meeting opportunity. And I can attest to that. Uh, and even right before Twisted Sister, I had been out of a band for um, for quite a while. And I realized that I hadn't actually played or sang in about six months. And I joined a band purely to get my chops together. In the event that somebody would call, I'd be ready for that call. So it's really just doing whatever you can to get your chops ready. So as long as that opportunity arises, you're prepared to take it. Right on. How did you get involved in the first place? With with that band, with music or with twisted, with with, with twisted? twisted, yeah. Oh, with music, with music. Well, music. First, going back to music, I'm old, so uh, it was the the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, which I didn't even see because my father had banned the television in our home. But the buzz the next day after that performance was so huge in school. I didn't even know what a Beatle was. I just knew that if this is the reaction it caused, I had to be that. I found out shortly thereafter that you couldn't be a Beatle. You had to be in a band. And so uh, really me singing a band was basically a means to an end to getting this kind of attention. As far as Twisted Sister, um, I had played around in various bands of the club circuit. And, uh, and they weren't very good, but, you know, like, like, with, a, like with a movie review, a bad movie or, or show review, They'll sometimes say, you know, movie is terrible, but so and so did a great job. Anyway, you know, like they'll they'll recognize you. Well, 
even though my bands weren't that great, I made sure that I shined uh, in these bands so that when people came and said, yeah, band sucked, well, man, that lead singer was awesome. You know, he was, you know, and eventually word got back to this band, Twisted Sister, who, who were already had been together for a few years. Uh, they heard about this kid and uh, they gave me a call. Oh, that's great. Because you have such a rich career, you you have done work in in Hollywood and in Broadway as well as music, and you have such a rich career. I'm hoping that you can give us some just general business advice that an average mus- musician can put into place to work for them. You know, I, in, in my book, um, uh, Shut Up and Give Me the Mic, my, my uh, memoirs, which I wrote myself, which is unusual, um, I, I did a, I put a lot of life lessons, um, and I've done some motivational speaking uh, with these life lessons for not even musicians, because the same lessons that apply to music uh, career apply to a business career. Uh, they, they, it's, it's interesting how they, they, they work. But I'll give you one of my great lessons, and that is uh, um, bullshit beats talent. Talent and bullshit beat bullshit. Um, uh, when I when I first joined Twisted Sister, uh, I uh, one of the members of the band was a uh, tremendous bullshit. <laughs> and uh, a lot of flash and no real substance. And I thought that, you know, uh, I, you know, I pride myself on uh, my ability to sing and perform, and I figured that would be enough. Uh, yet, quickly, this guy uh, became the focus of the band because he would grab that mic and talk to the crowd, and, and, and off stage, he just put on this great facade of importance uh, with really nothing behind it. And here I was standing around waiting for me to be recognized. Finally, I realized I'm going to just do what he does and then back it up with actual talent, actual ability. Because I'm the songwriter of Twisted Sister, I'm the creator of the videos, everything about Twisted is really comes down to me. And uh, it wasn't until I made that, that that formula true, where I learned how to chill it as well as have talent, uh, that I that I actually uh, you know took over the band and, and got to where I, I wanted to be. So remember that, folks. Both beat talent, talent and both beat both. That's actually good advice. So I was curious about how you ended up with wearing so many hats in that band, because if I understand correctly, it, the group was a group before you arrived. Isn't that true? Yeah, um, they, they existed. There's a, there's a documentary out called We Are Twisted Sister, uh, which is that making its way around um, festival circuit now and just got a five star review in a Hollywood reporter uh, because we, the band existed for 10 years before the world knew about us. We were a regional phenomenon. So the band formed in 73. I joined in 76. It disbanded 75. I and reformed in 76. That's when I joined. And then, um, and as far as wearing, and that's why I joined. As far as wearing the hat, it was just sort of necessity. While my band are talented people, they didn't have songwriting ability. And somebody needed to write songs. They didn't like what they were writing, so I started to work on that craft. When it came to video, the video thing was born. I, I had a, a, some ideas, and I, I wrote some, uh, you know, I didn't like the ideas that other people were coming up with, so I created my own ideas with the videos. As far, and as far as the visual and all that kind of stuff, I give some credit to my wife, Suzette, who I've been with now for 38 years. She uh, started making costumes for me uh, and then wound up take, making for the band. So she and I were sort of a team on the look of the band, 
and, and and what became sort of iconic 80s thing. So uh, it just it really you know it's just, it was a necessity, the mother of invention. When nobody else was picking up the slack, uh, I would do it because somebody had to do it. Now I have I have my assumptions, but I want to ask you since I have you here, why my why do the whole dress up for your performances? Well, it's a couple of reasons. One, I, I'm a child of the early 70s glitter rock era. So people like Alice Cooper and David Bowie were huge influence on me. And when the band formed, it formed in the midst of the original glitter rock movement of that, of that time. Um, when I joined in 76, uh, that era was over, but I was so enamored with the idea of, of dressing up and costumes and makeup and the theatricality of it. Uh, and I continued to insist that we do that, even though Kiss had taken off their makeup. It was it was as dead as it could possibly be. Um, but we just stood by our uh, you know our sort of vision. Well, my attitude was, I don't care if it's popular. This is how I like to rock. Putting getting dressed sort of put me in a sort of character and put me in the frame of mind. It took me, you know, when you walked on. I've been in bands where you walk off the street and onto the stage wearing the same clothes, nothing felt special. But even on the days when you didn't want to play, when you go into the dressing room and start putting on a, an outfit or a costume or makeup, it sort of gets you in state, puts you in that frame of mind that this is a special place. And I also like the larger than likeness of being a character and, and people coming to see guys uh, on stage that didn't look like they just bagged your groceries. You know, uh, which is the high definition of the grunge era. Uh, you know that, that you know it seemed like something you paying money to see something special, and it should be more than just what you heard on the record. That's great. So we have a short amount of time, so I'll just ask one more question, and I'm hoping that you can give us some advice just to have a career of longevity. You've been doing this for over forty years. Is that right? Forty years. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I joined. I've been doing professionally since I was 19 or 20. By professionally, I mean, you know, for a living, clubs and stuff. And so, it's, yeah, I'm going to be 60 in uh, March. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so how, how do you how yeah, do? Yeah, I'm still do, alive. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you what, how do you do this for, for so long? And, I mean, how do you make it happen for yourself? Because I, I know you're not I, the type of guy to work well, for things to happen. you know what, for me... You know, and it's a really good question, Chris. For me, it, it, it's different than other people. Uh, after the demise of Twisted, uh, and uh, you know, which I didn't expect to ever end, but it did. You know, most most you know, you, you get in these bands, you get success, and you think it's going to go forever. But that's really the like all the point zero 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 one percenters, the Clapton's, the Ozzy's, the Elton's, the Billy Joel's. They're the exception, not the rule. The rule is back in the day, it was three to five years, you know, and you were done. Now, a year to three years, if you're lucky, you know, uh, you get to shine. Um, so I was, after it was over, there was this, you know, and I told you we were together for 10 years before we broke. Um, so there was this sort of, but still the main population thought we were just lucky. And I would say, you know, smashing your head into a wall for 10 years may be stupid, but it's not luck. It's, it's just refusing to give up and to keep trying and trying, you know. Perseverance, um, but still, I, I had a thing. I, I needed to do something, and I wanted to prove to people that it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't luck. Uh, 
And I was tried with a couple other bands. I had a band called Desperado, which was ill-fated, was shelled by Electro Records. I had a band called Widowmaker, um, which you know was in, had indie deals and never really happened. And I was talking to one of my brothers, and, about, and then the music scene changed. Grunge came in. What I did, the style I wrote, the style I performed, the way I looked, it wasn't in vogue anymore. I was really frustrated. And my, uh, my brother, Matt, to his credit, said to me, does it have to be music? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, if you did something else and you did it succeeded, would that make your point? That it, was, you, it wasn't by mistake. It wasn't an accident. And that was a game changer for me because since the music scene wasn't welcoming to my style anymore at that time, I said, you know, you're right. So I started to go into radio and I did TV and I did movies and I, and now I've, I've done a, a new written a musical and I've taken, I've taken chances and challenged myself to do other things. And that's how I've kept people call it a brand, but that's how I've kept it alive by not being a one note horn, by not just being dependent on um, the success or failure of one band but by doing many different things and, uh, and succeeding at many different things. So that, you know, um, and that's not, people say, well, maybe all of us can't do it. My thing is, you know, is um, it's as simple as they challenge yourself. Don't set limits on yourself. Don't be afraid to say yes when an opportunity is offered you. And um, figure it out when you get there. You know, um, uh, Tony, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. Do you know who he is? Motivational so am speaker. I. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you are. Well, yes. there you go, brother. He, he, he was a game changer for me. And the big thing was, he said, you know, people, everybody has opportunity, but most people don't even realize that they're opportunity. They say, oh, I never get the chance. It's most opportunities happen to us every day. We can go make a left. We can make a right. We can go through this door. We cannot go through this door. Most people either don't recognize the opportunity or they shy away. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. They, they, they defeat themselves. And, uh, and I used to do that. Even though with the success of Twisted, I still wouldn't take other chances. And then through Tony Robbins, I learned to just say yes and figure it out later. And one of the biggest things I said yes to was um, when they, they said to me, would I be interested in being in Rock of Ages on Broadway? So I said, yes, I'd love to do that. And um, two years later, I'm literally on safari with my family in, uh, in Africa and a phone call comes in and my manager tracks me down and says, you're in. I said, I'm in what? He goes, rock of ages. Uh, you, you saw rehearsals the minute you get back. Um, and I was like, holy. Sh-. I mean, I, I said yes, but I had never done anything like that. And, but I challenged myself and said, you know what? Yeah. All right. I'll figure it out when I get there. And I just, you know, I got there and I just, you know, and uh, two weeks of rehearsal and there I was on stage on Broadway uh, doing something I had never done before. And, uh, you know, and, and I did not limit myself by just saying, no, I can't. I said, I'll, if, they can, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. I will figure it out. Just say yes. So I can't. This is more sage advice from D to your listeners. Thank you, D. That's great advice. And we're going to Stop right here. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. We, we enjoyed you. Great to on you, Chris. You know, uh, good luck with your podcast. Um, that's that's, uh, that's, that's, that's forward-thinking on your part to take it upon yourself to do this. And, uh, and, uh, but also great questions. You had some really good questions in there. And uh, I don't think you're a musician, and, and I'm assuming your listeners 
uh, from this world, and um, you, you have some really good questions. So uh, good on you, man. Bravo, and good luck with the uh, podcast. D, you were great. I'm so happy that we were able to get D on the show today. Real quick, I want to just do a few uh, recap on some points that you may have noticed or maybe you didn't. And one thing that D said is to challenge yourself. Say yes to opportunity, then figure things out. He didn't know exactly what it meant to be on Broadway, to work in Broadway. But he had the opportunity presented to him. He said yes. It took two years before he saw any any fruit of that. But it did come. And I always talk about scripture on this show, but I'm going to do it again right now. But there's a scripture that says that my word will not return to me void. And this is a great example. It, it accomplishes what it was sent out to do. Next thing I want to point out is that D wasn't playing. There was a time where he pretty much was losing his chops. He became aware of that and he was like, hold on. I need to be ready when opportunity comes. So he went and joined a band to keep his chops together. That's important. You got to keep your chops together because you don't know when your number is going to be called. I love that. And one more point. I mean, there's so many, so many great lessons, but I'm going to pick one more. He talked about the importance of getting in state. So he physically dresses up, puts on costume to, to make his mind, uh, um, he, to make his mind come to a high level of performance. You might have to do something different, maybe simple. You might be as simple as doing jumping jacks or doing a quick uh, jog around the block or doing some push-ups, but change your physical state if you want to change your mental state. And Tony Robbins talks about that a lot. Um, pretty sure he didn't make it up, but I'm, I know he made it popular. Check that out if that's new to you. All right, next show, we're going to have another great show for you. We're going to talk about how you can run a successful music studio and even make money while you are on vacation. I want to say thank you one more time for pressing play today. And for the guest, I want you to go to BehindTheNotes.com slash gift and pick up your free gift. Become part of the family. And if you've been listening for a while but you never picked up your gift, go ahead, pick up your gift. I have something just for you that I created for you. I just want to say thank you. Uh, that's all for today. And until next episode, God bless you.